there at Zachary Thatcher. Thanks for listening. I'm reading my latest essay that I wrote originally at medium.com slash Thatcher hyphen report. It's Thatcher report at medium. The essay is called Charlotte. It looks like it's pronounced Charlotte, which would be the normal pronunciation, but as you'll come to see, it's actually Charlotte, about the town I'm living in now in Charlotte, Vermont, about uh, 15 miles or so south of Burlington. Written and recorded August 2020 in Charlotte, Vermont. After leaving Concord, Massachusetts in early July, I moved into the rear apartment of a rambling farmhouse in Charlotte, Vermont, which redounds with memories from my old rear apartment in Stamford, California. My friend, his wife along with their two little girls, recently COVID purchased an 1830s white house with green shutters. Behind the house are barns and outbuildings in various stages of completion on a five-acre parcel, with 40 further acres behind it. It's almost like a campus. Imagine a quirky arts college with a passion for painting buildings Pantone 1810, that's the barn red color, and you'll get the idea. A couple who are close friends of the main couple are now about to transform the calf barn by the office building into a human home where they will live after also fleeing New York. If this is more of an elegant immigration camp than a college campus, that's fine with me. Like I mentioned in earlier podcasts and essays, Jesse and his wife steward more of a village than a family. I'm just glad to belong. It's been a little over a month so far. Figure it might be another month or longer. Jesse texts me with real estate listings for places nearby so I could live here forever. COVID has a way of elongating plans while the rest of the country burns in a viral orgy of Republican propaganda and sickness. Staying far away in a deep blue state dedicated to science and mask wearing is literally the safest place to be in America right now. And when you walk down a road, even a little dirt road leading to a farm, you'll see Black Lives Matter signs everywhere. And to me, that only extends to welcome. So we're in Charlotte, as you can hear, pronounced Charlotte, named after King George III's German wife, Charlotte Mecklenburg-Strelitz, which totally sounds obscure, but not when you're living with people who decant and imbibe Lin-Manuel Miranda's Hamilton with the avidity of oneological drunks. What worries me now is that I'm drinking the Miranda too. say our love is draining and you can't go on. You'll be the one complaining when I am gone. And no, don't change the subject, because you're my favorite subject. That's King George III in Hamilton singing You'll Be Back, played, of course, originally by the amazing Jonathan Groff. Charlotte, work with me here, you can do it, Charlotte, is a rural, well-heeled community with truly working and embarrassingly gentleman farms. It has big homes and huge parcels, some on private Lake Champlain beaches and some with dramatic views of the Adirondacks, or both. There's one country store that's open from 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. It seems like a good place to schmooze with your neighbors, but you can't go inside because of COVID. When you stand on the porch and order food at the window, you wear a mask. 
as does the teenage girl who serves you, as do the few people waiting patiently behind you. Like I said, it's basic math. It hasn't changed since March. Rural plus democratic equals safe. Charlotte, in general, is as quiet as a cornfield. It's also less than 20 minutes from a city with all the stores and hospitals and services you'll ever need, including an airport. And in the before times, it's a two-hour drive to what you'd swear is France in a freezer. Please note that Canada and France have mostly tamed COVID. They both lack anti-science pro-poverty Republicans. Coincidence? For all the geeky folk out there who like thinking about human habitation, the Burlington metro area which includes Burlington, Winooski, South Burlington, Essex Junction, Colchester, a few other places in their suburbs. That holds about a quarter million people. And in a state of 600,000 people, it means that about 40% of all Vermonters live in or near Burlington. So Charlotte is just far enough away from all of that, that if you don't like maps and do like walks, you'd swear you're a million miles from anywhere. We sleep with our doors unlocked. There is no traffic. The most exciting event in the past week happened when Jesse, Kira, and I were talking in the kitchen after they had put their girls to bed. The lights were low. We murmured about a popular Broadway musical featuring a founding father when our eyes stopped working. If color was a sound, it'd go whoosh. Blackness covered us like a blanket on a birdcage. We were blind. It was black and silent and unreal. Power outage. Right, right, right. We got this. We lit up cell phone flashlights and I checked my battery life. It was 90% because I'm always prepared. I worried about it running out immediately because I'm always Jewish. Candles. Find the candles. Then neighbor Nancy texted Kira. Someone broke into her house. Right now. An intruder. She called the police. Our Vermont idol shattered. No longer charmingly neurotic, we're in actual danger. A break-in? Next door? We locked the four doors in the first floor of the enormous house closed a dozen windows. Kira raced upstairs to check the girls. I went to my room and found the two items I had packed from my West Village apartment that I always thought were nuisances I carried from place to place for no reason. Now they became necessities. A lighter and a very sharp folding knife. Jesse would keep his calm going over Niagara Falls in an inner tube while also testifying before Congress, but I girded for battle. Kira soon came downstairs. Girls were okay. We lit candles with my lighter. We waited and listened. Nothing. Oh, what the hell. I felt my knife in my pocket, turned on my phone's flashlight, and left the safety of the house to check on our neighbor. It was deep space dark on the rural lane. I walked a hundred yards south. The last time I got into a fight, I was seven years old and was sent to the principal's office. But I kept going. I'm five foot seven and 150 pounds. Not exactly bouncer material at a bar, but I hear wolverines rip up caribou just fine. The neighbor saw my flashlight. She met me at her porch. I was ready to tear the head off anything anywhere. I'm a little embarrassed, but my Roomba vacuum was banging on a closet door. The power outage must have triggered it, she said. Police swept the house. It's fine. I smiled at her, offered for her to come back to our house if she was feeling rattled, but she said she was fine. The lesson... Apparently, Charlotte criminals are clean freaks and not very stealthy, and also not criminals. On the way back, I shut off my flashlight to let out the wolverine and bring back the hippie. I walked down the black road. Fireflies floated over a meadow like a silent, floating curtain of bioluminescence. That's rad. Lake Champlain frames Charlotte's west, and the semi-farmy, 
semi-suburban Shelburne borders the north. And that's all, folks. Head east or south and you'll drift into farmlands that eventually make up their mind to lead you to the small towns of Heinsburg and Ferrisburg, or they may enter into dirt roads leading to pasture and forest and more Black Lives Matter signs. Like I said, you'll feel welcome here. It's hard to tell where Charlotte ends and these little towns begin. Think meadows studded with cows the color of wet velvet, views of slate mountains, clouds furling in an azure sky. Borders and names on maps kind of seem pointless against all this beauty, so you stop checking your map. You look and feel the peace within you as you embrace nature's cosmic Hamisha comfort. Turns out wolverines mostly live in comic books and boreal forests to the north. They're not needed here. So, as I've been on my adventures exploring Charlotte and the area around Vermont, I've been taking a lot of pictures. I'm not going to describe them for you on this podcast. I just encourage you to go online and check them out. The problem with all this beauty is that too often it's all mine. Like I said, I explore, have jaunts in my car, the Sapphire Dragon. Meanwhile, my host family, the village elders, if you will, they stay at home. Because of COVID, because of comfort, because of children, because when you've worked so hard to own a home that's big enough for your family and friends, you don't necessarily want to leave it. I get it. I eat all my meals with them. We're now in the process of consuming 100% of our calories at home except for a rare jaunt to a pizza place. We're decidedly no longer in a New York of, let's go get dinner or maybe order seamless. But despite all this, it turns out this family has found a way to break the rules of physics. It seems improbable, but it also repeats itself every night around 8 o'clock. Three normal adults, now five with the calf barn couple, and two micro-sized humans who consume food in 30-minute intervals from the moment they wake up until the moment they go down. We all create more dirty dishes and pots and pans than exist as clean. It's a miracle in reverse. What seems like a small, tidy pantry for plates and a few drawers for utensils somehow multiplies by nightfall into thousands and then millions of dirty items stacked on countertops, tables, the sink, the half-open dishwasher, all the stove burners, and even the floor by dollhouses populated entirely by princesses and a kind of utopian feminist aristocracy. One night, while resolving this mess of outlaw physics, I told Jesse we should just take a break and enjoy the sunset. He wasn't reluctant, more like preoccupied with all these pots and pans and dishes and dollhouses, but I didn't have to ask twice. He shut the faucet and we stepped out the door. I encourage you to go again to medium.com slash Thatcher Report and check out all these photos. Energized by nature's splendor, we polish the kitchen to a shine and bid each other good night. If a team of UVM physicists with technical equipment show up to ask invasive questions, I'll be the least surprised and the first to greet them. Get it? Because of the physics? Okay, it's not that funny. Beyond rogue Roombas and the finite clean dishes to infinite dirty dishes ratio, there are some other challenges to life in Vermont. Take running, for example. There are way more hills here than the flatness of downtown Manhattan and also sweltering shadeless heat with humidity. It's like being in Dubai. What happened to autumnal New England? There are also so many views you have to stop and take pictures while you're running. Add to that top-notch craft beer and farm stand berry pies, and soon you'll be able to rationalize the transcendent value of downshifting from athletic ambition to coasting it to neutral and just enjoying life. But don't worry, I'm still running. The other day, for the first time in a month that felt like a decade, we went off campus to drive to Waitsfield in the Mad River Valley of the Green Mountains. 
In the before times, the town attracted skiers to Mad River Glen and Sugarbush Mountain and some other places. Now it's a place for locals to eat dinner outside. We went to LaRoe Farm, home of American flatbread pizza. You gotta go. A nearly full moon rose over us. For all you Jews out there, at least at the time of writing, Tishbaav had just finished. Tubaav, our version of Valentine's Day, is happening right about now, which all means the lunar cycle is nearly half over. Why the Gregorians couldn't leverage the Jewish wisdom of a solar-corrected lunar calendar that's unpolluted by Roman narcissism is beyond me. Meaning, in Judaism, we have our months. They're connected to the lunar cycle. So you look up in the sky at night, and you can pretty much tell exactly where you are in the month. But we also solar-corrected the calendar with a leap month, meaning... This, the holidays always happen around the same time, and all of the months always make sense. And we never mentioned Julius Caesar or Augustus once. I think everybody should do this. It makes a lot of sense. But I'm definitely digressing. So in addition to this little pizza uh, experience and then wandering around Charlotte when I'm taking pictures instead of running too hard, I also discovered a town south of us that's bigger than here. It's called Vergennes named after a French count who assisted the American Revolution, maybe perhaps more in spite of the British than a love of its subjects, but I have no idea. I'll leave that to Lin-Manuel Miranda. Through the town of Virgins flows the Otter Creek, which makes a falls that powered mills, and now my attention. As a coda to all this, recently I flanored my way via the Sapphire Dragon, so I'm not sure if that counts, to the hallucinatory beauty of Shelburne Farms, that is the aristocratic playground, now tax shelter for Vanderbilts. It's 3,800 acres, all designed by Frederick Law Olmsted, and it replicates heaven, but you get to be alive. It's hard to imagine, right? Compare this to other projects by F Frederick Law Olmsted. Central Park is 840 acres. Prospect Park, which is definitely the superior landscape, that's only 320 acres. Shelburne Farms is more than 10 times the size of Prospect Park and just absolutely spectacular. Here's the only way I can think of how to imagine it. Take Prospect Park. Take LSD. Listen to John Denver's Rocky Mountain High and repeat. Drive in a convertible. It's kind of like that. All right, all right, all right. Who am I kidding? I'm way too old for all that, and so are you. Just scroll through the photos I've posted online, or better yet, just kind of come up here and see for yourself. It's absolutely breathtaking. I know that's a cliche, but trust me, it's pretty close. All right, please forgive me this one last repeated analogy of superlatives, but just hear me out. To imagine in general living in Vermont in the summertime, picture Montana's big sky, listen to Janis Joplin, think of laid-back yet conscientious Northern California, add in dairy farms, embrace the progressive politics of Vermont, and down a pint or two of New England-style IPA. That's what it's like living here, just more so. I know, I know, winter is coming. Soon we'll all be north of the wall in a land of wildlings with bad teeth and flexible ideas about commitment. But at the same time, it just seems impossible when it's just this hot and sticky and when you're heading home to eat dinner outside with your friends and their friends and the neighbor's kid. You sit at a table loaded with food, you tell funny stories to the children, and you toast to chefs to thank them for their shelter and hospitality, and who in turn toast you to celebrate your attendance because now, at day's end, the village is complete. Thank you very much for listening to my latest essay, Charlotte. I encourage you, you know I'm going to say this, to go online and check out the photos because they're just really great. Or you know what? Just close your laptop, shut off your phone, and just drive on up here. We're just south of Burlington. It is just spectacular. 
I'm sure Jesse and his wife won't mind if you camp in the backyard or find an inn or sleep in my living room. I don't know. Whatever it takes. You just got to get up here. It's wonderful. All right. If you like what you're listening to, you can follow me on social media or all the other ways people are followed these days. And um, I appreciate your time and attention. Bye-bye. He found me down.